cannabis topics in less than 10 minutes. Let's go. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Dime. I'm Brian Fields, and with me, as always, is Kellen Fain. This week, we've got a very special guest, Ian Rump, president of Tella. Ian, thanks for taking the time. How are you doing today? Thanks, fellas. Doing great. Appreciate you having me on the pod. Really excited. I've been, uh, as you know, I've been bugging you for a while, so I'm, I'm excited to be here. When you first got started with Tella, you were not cannabis-focused and then kind of added that into the vertical? Yeah, so we we did our first pilot program with grocery um, because we're what we do is we center around in-store digital activations, right? So everything from digital signage to really anything you could imagine that has a digital footprint within a store. So we did a pilot with grocery. We got an opportunity to do a pilot in cannabis with the Mesa Organic Stores in Colorado. We, we had some great success and it took off from there. What about proximity and where you're located? Were there any hesitations with people around you when you told them, hey, you know, we're in the groceries now, but we're, we're thinking about getting to the cannabis industry? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I'm in Idaho, right? So like, you know, my, my stupid dad joke is uh, we'll be the 60th state to legalize, right? Like we'll be, we'll have a bunch more before we get to that point. But uh, honestly, I mean, the, you know, the way that the industry is growing so rapidly and all these new states coming online and things like that, even in the, in the early days, it wasn't, it wasn't unheard of, right? Like we're trying to do something innovative. We're a startup, you know, we're doing something that's not the norm that fits great with the way the industry is probably viewed overall, right? Like it's it's new, it's Wild West, et cetera. So not too much. So based on the placement of the Tela display, the information might be different, right? If you're earlier into the store, you might have more of a brand awareness, but as you get closer to, let's say, the purchasing counter, you might want to be hammering home specific pricing capabilities. Can you kind of expand on the strategy behind that? And does your team help walk through the 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 customer in understanding those differences? Yep, exactly. So so great question. Um, and it actually, I can even go back to our pilot uh, with this too, because the way we designed the pilot was thinking about a customer journey within a dispensary, right? So the same way you would think about a sales funnel and where customers interact with you, within a dispensary, and especially because in Colorado at the time, you know, there was always a lobby, there's a sales floor, and then this point of sale. So what we did was, okay, what can you do digitally at each one of those touch points and what's the purpose of them? So to your point, the lobbies are much more like evergreen brand awareness, you know, basic things like that. Whereas as you approach the point of sale, you're, you're at the point of purchase. They're about to buy. How do you get them to buy one more thing? So from a digital perspective, you know, you've got something like a large freestanding display in the lobby. You get into the sales floor, you've got a kiosk or you've got digital signage that's talking about a brand. And then at point of sale, we actually have uh, countertop units that sit right there that are ability for brands to showcase. And we have these back of point of sale screens that we can attach that are basically like the last last ditch effort, you know, to get someone to, hey, why don't you add a pre-roll or why don't you add whatever it is, right? So the idea there is we have to educate a little bit, both on the dispensary and the brand front. But once they understand that basic flow, it's a lot easier to help them understand how they can utilize it and what they're looking for in terms of measurement. Are, are there any partners outside of the cannabis industry? Hypothetically, as someone's purchased their products and they've finished their acquisition of them and they're leaving, there might be a screen there that tells them, hey, Taco Bell's around the corner. 
Yeah, so all of it's capable for sure. And I love that idea because uh, depending on the state, there you can actually do some of that, right? So like you can create something that looks a little bit more like a digital out-of-home network that's a little bit more programmatic, that kind of thing. And you can actually incorporate those into these spaces as well. So you're dead on. So let's talk about some of the packages that come. If I'm a dispensary and I want to incorporate this tech into my dispensary, is it screen-based? How, how does the plan work? Yeah, so what you would do is is we would work with the dispensary to understand what they currently have for digital or what we would need to add into the mix. We would do store walkthroughs, things like that. We would recommend what we think would work the best. <laughs> Ultimately, what they would do is they would either finance it through us or just use CapEx and buy it outright so they own the hardware. We manage it for them. So we manage the whole ecosystem, deploy content remotely, maintenance, you name it. And ultimately, what we would do is if we were helping to sell the brands on packages for these displays, we would do some sort of a rev share model with them, or they can sell it as they please. And then essentially what that does is turn around and pay off the investment of the hardware. And then everything they get ongoing after that is just incremental dollars. So that's the real high level of of how easy it can be. How many screens does one, let's say, on average purchase? Per store, I would say it's probably about six. That doesn't have to all be like digital signage type screens. That could be three screens. One of them's for a menu. Two of them are for promo content. And then you've got a few unique displays that are brand specific that they sell. The back of point of sale screens. I think the most common package would be a freestanding like display in the lobby that has an opportunity to sell a brand on putting packaging there and talking about their brand. Then you'd have like three screens in the store menu, that kind of thing. And then you'd have a back of point of sale and you would have one like digital merchandising. So you, you'd end up with about six or seven, you know, in total. Has Tele faced additional challenges because it operates in other industries as well because it's taken on the cannabis industry? Uh, I wouldn't say it's it's provided any challenges, right? Like there, the only thing w- that would even come close to that would be the fact that we started, you know, with more of a grocery focus, and you know, because we didn't start with our very first pilot in cannabis. Like, you know, are we a cannabis associated company? Or are we grocery associated company? And the reality of it is that they're a lot more similar than you'd think when it comes to the strategy behind it. And ultimately, cannabis is a hell of a lot better for margins. So it's actually a lot easier to sell these packages the way that we do. What's the future roadmap? Uh, so future roadmap is uh, more advanced capabilities around that dynamic content trigger that I talked about. Um, it's also creating more of a, a fully digital experience within the store so that instead of just focusing on a couple different placements, you can basically digitize the whole thing. So there's a few different models we're looking at. One of them is more of that automated experience where you can go in and it's not bud tender lists, but it's more along those lines where you can learn everything you need to learn and check out if you need to versus an experience where you're placing digital strategically to get customers' attention to it, to spark a conversation with a bud tender. And our role there is is much more around awareness. so those are those are the two like high level uh, roadmaps, if you will. But yeah, on the tech side, it's it's much more about making everything work seamlessly together. We're going to continue to build out integrations with partners, um, you know, and make sure that anything that is right now maybe auto manual is truly auto. Um, so that's APIs. That's I mean, you name it, all that sort of thing. What is one factor statistic? that you've learned operating the cannabis industry that would surprise or shock others? 
Not everyone has an idea of inventory levels in stores. What is one factor statistic that you've learned operating the cannabis industry that would surprise or shock others? Not everyone has an idea of inventory levels in stores. Predictions we ask all of our guests. If you could sum up your experience in a main takeaway or lesson learned to pass on to the next generation, what would it be? Ask questions and listen. Because the a lot of what you know you think could work well could potentially work well in theory, but you need to listen to the operators and understand what the day-to-day processes look like, what the store experiences are like in order to make sure that those things work. So my advice there is you got to understand what's really going on within those spaces if you want to design something, right? It's kind of it's the scenario of like designing a car or whatever it is that you think is awesome, but then 99% of the country or world hates it. <laughs> All right, prediction time. Ian, if cannabis companies had to focus on only one metric as their North Star, what should that metric be? One metric. I think what cannabis fun can companies need to focus on would be margin because I know that's very general, but I'm saying that because that really is going to tell them how their product moves and where they live within the ecosystem, right? So ultimately, what we'll end up having is we'll have more value brands, so to speak, that are on the cheaper end of things. And then you'll have your high-end, you know, top-level luxury brands, if you will. And the more that you can understand about the margin around your product the better you can optimize. So Ian, for our listeners, they want to get in touch. They want to learn more about Tela. Where can they find you? Uh, So you can go to the website, teledigital.com slash cannabis if you want to jump straight to the cannabis offering because we do have some other stuff on there. You can find me also on LinkedIn. Um, I'm on Twitter as well, pretty active. If you like the Portland Trailblazers, you'll love me on Twitter. Uh, (laughs) As Brian knows. But um, either way, yeah, LinkedIn, Twitter, teledigital.com. That's where you can find me. Awesome. We'll link it all up in the show notes. Thanks for taking the time. This was fun. Thank you, guys. Guys, if you've enjoyed this podcast over the last few years, can you please take three minutes or less and leave us a quick review on Apple or Spotify? All reviews make a massive difference for us and help other people like you find this podcast. From the bottom of our hearts, thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. How do cannabis CEOs balance growth and optimization strategies? What is THCO, Delta 10, and CBNA, and why should you care about these minor cannabinoids? And why is an endocannabinoid system covered in medical school? Most people think they're up to date in trends in the cannabis industry, but they're about six weeks behind. Learn about what is truly next in the cannabis space by joining myself, Brian Fields, and Kellen Finney every week on the Dime Podcast and, of course, on PodConnects.